Welcome to Prepare to Go There. I'm Peter Birchfield, and this is a self-leadership podcast that will help you become a pioneering leader. We talk through things like keeping yourself organized, planning ahead, building your team, and so much more. And it's a conversation that you can apply to your life and share with your teams. Look, I'm convinced you're going places, so let's prepare to go there. Truth is, most people don't know how to lead others into a better future. And it's probably just because they don't know how to lead themselves there first. Maybe they they kind of got um, put in a position of leadership, but they didn't know how to lead themselves as a lifestyle approach. And, and so because of that, they can't take people somewhere personally, practically, tactically that they have never been. And so what happens is, and it's, you know, it, it's very sad, but it's, it's, it happens to all of us at one stage or another. We get excited about the future. We have ideas. We have dreams. We have these projects in mind. We talk about them, but we, we really don't know how to break into it how to go there into the future, so to speak. And so we try to send other people there with our good ideas, but they don't really know what it looks like. And the truth is we have to go there first, right? That's what leaders do. Leaders go first. And and so there's basically these two, I think, underpinning challenges, these chronic shortcomings that we've got to wrestle through, things that I've had to work through and navigate in my own experience and context. Uh, One, a lot of people are just unclear about how to describe their life purpose or the lifestyle process that's going to get them from where they can see it all on the mountaintop to where they are actually out there and they can be it all and do it all. And so getting clear is a big part of preparation. Uh, taking the time to actually go on that formational, transformational journey where you can begin to get a worldview and get a, a better sense of identity so that way you can begin to identify the future that's waiting on you. And then uh, the other challenge is just getting tactical about it, You know, getting the right tactical approach So that way you can begin to take on that uncharted territory ahead, so to speak. And for me, you know, I've been on that journey for years and uh, I've been figuring out how to lead myself, how to lead others and how to lead through others. So what you're not going to get is some internet guru. Um, I'm, I'm just a pioneer at heart. I love being a pastor at a great church community And I love all of the teams and the projects that I've been a part of. And so this is just my little space or place in the internet where I get to encourage and uh, and give some real-time company for those that are on that journey, leading themselves, leading others, leading through others. And so I hope that these conversations, these coaching journeys – um, are really just going to give you the language that you're going to need to to make better sense of this kind of pioneering lifestyle. And then uh, that tactical approach that's going to help you see how doable it really is 
to lead yourself, lead others, and then lead through others with something that is proven, proven to work. So um, basically, I hope that you know I can get you outfitted for your future, and I want to do that through coaching like this. Um, I want to do that through some online courses that I'm working on and looking forward to share with you. And then also uh, probably the the high point of all of this for me would be to find a community of emerging leaders that you know we can call future friends together. What I love to do when I'm hanging out with new friends is see where they see themselves in the future, see what they're excited about, where they see themselves going and doing, and then just start to unpack it and uh, begin to explore that that life's work. And so many folks, you know, they uh, they're just stuck, and they need they need a new way. They need a better way to you know get past the past and then finally get going with a meaningful life's work. And um, I'm I'm thankful that I've been able to um, be on that kind of journey and then to lead and influence thousands of other people into a proven lifestyle approach that can help you um, move forward with your life in, in a meaningful way that is going to help you lead yourself. That is going to help you uh, lead by example and help you uh, grow a, a legacy that others want to carry on. So, all right, let's get into this coaching conversation. Here is a quote to kind of prime things Nancy D says, I'm a big believer in picking your boss, not your job. So many people are on job hunt. You know, they're looking for the right job. And that's great. You know, more power to you. But but have you considered the boss as one of your prerequisites, one of your targets, one of your filters for making that decision? A lot of people, they look at the benefits, they look at the location, they look at the hours. But what about the boss? I mean, a lot of people would benefit if they factored in the boss. Why? Because this is what we know. Nancy D says it this way, great people create great jobs. I think it's true of pretty much anything. I mean, you're, you're going to college and you're looking at the teachers, not just the course, the class, when you are looking for a job, you're looking for the boss. Is is the boss going to be a good boss or not? I found this on Office Vibe. It says 50% of employees are quitting their boss, not their job. This is pretty crazy. According to uh, research from Gallup, 50% of employees leave their companies because of the boss. And, uh, and that's pretty crazy. Gallup explains that when you have a bad boss, it creates this compounding effect that is really damaging. Employees are miserable at work, and that misery follows them home, making them even more stressed and spreading that negativity to their families. Man, this is a big topic. This is a big deal. And for those of us who are navigating the new, looking for those new and needed ways into the future, a future that others will want to follow us into, 
you know, we, we have to reconcile with this idea of leadership. Why are so many people getting burned by their bosses? I would say a lot of people don't really know what a boss is all about. Like there's kind of a negative connotation to being a boss. And, and we would probably say, oh, that person is so bossy. You know, and so when someone is bossy, it means that they're pushing you around and they're domineering and they're kind of like over you and kind of overpowering you, not not servant leadership and empowering you. But, a, you know, a bossy person is kind of, in my mind, synonymous with a micromanager, a micromanager who really doesn't give you a, a lot of trust, doesn't give you a lot of training. Um, but just kind of gets right in your in your workspace and is trying to lead from that vantage point. Now, on the other end of the coin or the other end of the spectrum, uh, being a boss can be a really cool thing. A lot of people, they like the idea of being their own boss. They're saying, hey, I'm quitting this negative situation and I'm going to go be my own boss. I'm going to lead myself and I'm going to get the perks or the the power that comes with it. And, and that's cool. More power to you. But, but the real question is, do you know what it takes to be a boss? Because if you're not careful, if you're not aware, what you'll do is you'll react to just one situation and you'll actually create a cycle, and then you'll become the bad boss that you were trying to run away from. You'll become the, the bad leader that you were trying to avoid in the first place. And so don't think that just because someone has been a bad boss that they're a bad person, they may be put in a situation that is very difficult, challenging, nuanced, overwhelming, stressful, and they don't know how to lead well in that environment. And so what we want to do is have a lot of humility, have a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy, and hopefully a lot of wisdom while we are still in the, the viewpoint, the vantage point that we have. And we're looking out into the horizon. We're looking out in the future. We're saying, hey, you know, the odds are that over time, we're going to become a boss in one way or another. Either you're going to be... Uh, you know, stepping up on the org chart somewhere on your team, your business, your nonprofit, or you're going to just become a boss by default. You know, maybe, maybe the, uh, the nature of the bureaucracy just kind of has that effect in motion. And, and so at one level or another, you're going to have to boss up. So how do we actually boss up and how do we be the right kind of boss? How do we do the boss thing in a good way so that way we can have the freedom and the focus for meaningful life's work as well as be an inspiration and someone who can invest in those around them? So number one, I'm going to give you the four must-have skills to boss up. What are the four essentials to be your own boss. I, uh, I want to use the acronym. Number one is brave. Are you brave enough to lead relationally? You know, a lot of times um, you get this image that the boss is on top or the, or the boss is at the top of the skyscraper 
in that C-suite, and they don't really have to get involved with what's going on on the ground level or the front line. They don't really have to get involved with other people because there's this hierarchy that's in between them. And if, if you want to be a good boss, you have to be brave because the boss has to make decisions. The boss has to step up. You have to make calls. You have to get in the mix. And you're going to have to be brave enough to lead relationally. And, and when we think of bravery, you know, you may think of Braveheart with the war paint and you're like just going to war and you're fighting it out. And, uh, and, and there's, uh, you know, there's probably a level of, of uh, passion and intensity that comes into the workplace and competition and, you know, crushing your goals and dominating the work and all that. But when I, when I think of brave, are you brave enough to lead relationally? Like what I mean is, are you brave enough to lead with your name and not just your title? And that's tough. It, it's tough to actually go into the mix go into the fray, go into the conflict and and actually go without the armor and go be human. Like just go be human and be relational and go be a person and go hit things head on and talk things out and diagnose and discern what's going on and what needs to go on next. And, and that kind of bravery to put yourself out there in front of your team, in front of your your organization or your ego or your logo, and that takes a lot of bravery. And a lot of leaders don't know how to do that. And so they create all of these shields. They create all of these uh, systems and these apparatuses that can kind of shield them from the onslaught when really the boss is the defensive mechanism that is shielding the rest of the team from the brunt of whatever's happening at that workplace. Obviously, they can't get involved in every conversation. They can't get involved in every situation. But, but to think like a boss, to talk and walk like a boss, you're going to have to be brave enough to lead relationally. You think you can? You think you're 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 down for that? Like you're I know I know you want to set your own hours, but what about being brave when it's time to resolve conflict? What about being courageous when when everyone else is confused and you have to go clarify expectations? And then when you go in, are you gonna come in, you know, heavy-handed and kind of get your iron fist on, or are you really going to be a leader that can lead relationally and build rapport and have influence and speak decisively where it doesn't matter whether they like your title or not, they've made some sort of intuitive connection that you're trustworthy, you're reliable, and what you're saying is going to get followed through. That you're a person of your word, that you're going to make sure what you say and what you do will happen. Are you brave enough? Are you brave enough? 
Now, you know, being brave is important because a leader is is going to make calls all the time and they may not always be the right call. And so then you have to be brave again and say, hey, guys, I didn't make the right call or, hey, I've learned something new. I'm going to grow and learn and change. But a leader has to be brave to take on. <laughs> I like this phrase. Boss is the one who calls the shots and takes the shots. And if you're not willing to take some shots, then you're probably not the right person to give the shots either. The letter O stands for objective. It means you've got to stay objective about the results. You have to stay objective when it comes to getting your results. And I think this is kind of two steps to do this. The first one is, do you know the objectives to get results in the first place? Do you know what it takes to have sustainable, repeatable results? Or are you just a one-hit wonder? Are you just lucky stars? Are you just kind of winging it and you're just kind of pretending to be competent and you're, you really don't know what's happening? You're just kind of going by the seat of your pants. You're just kind of trying to uh, stir things up with your charisma and you're just trying to use some talent, just kind of like lean in and uh, and leverage some of the other people's strengths, and you're just trying to you know see what happens, and kind of all over the place. And see, a lot of people they want to be the boss, but can you identify the objectives that you will need in order to succeed, or will you be able to identify what is necessary, what is a must? have, must do in order to lead. And, and so after you know what are the objectives for me, then you have to stay objective about it. Can you think objectively or are you going to get you know, emotionally inflated or <laughs> deflated? Are you going to get too worked up to get work done? And, and so many times, even in my own experience, I, I wanted to see results, but I had to learn how do I stay objective so that way I'm just working a mission-critical path and I'm making progress with focus and I'm not getting pulled back or pulled in to these distractions. So staying objective is a mission-critical skill set for the boss. And if you want to be your own boss, no one is telling you what to do. And so you can say that like, oh, man, <laughs> that's amazing. That would be so great. And, and that might be your reaction and your sigh of relief to come out and come you know, away from the weight, the burden of you know, a bad boss someone who's been more micromanaging in their approach. And so you're like, I'm just going to be so grateful, so happy. I'm going to be doing cartwheels and backflips knowing that nobody's going to tell me what to do. Oh, yeah, but nobody's going to tell you what to do now. So is the goal that you're just not being told what to do or is the goal that you can actually get things done? And, and that that takes some soul searching. That That takes some 
some data. You're going to have to prove to yourself. You're going to have to get the proof of concept for yourself that you can get results. And now you can't blame other people. You can't blame, well, they, you know, they were in my way or they were always interrupting me or they were always, you know, on my, on my case and I never got things done. Well, Hey, let's give you what you think you want. Let's see if you do better now, because the truth is it might not have, you might not have been objective enough simply because of some internal distractions, not only the external distractions. Does this make sense? So a boss is results focused and you've got to stay objective about the results. I mean, one thing that I've observed and I've admired about entrepreneurs and business owners and those key leaders or those, you know, foundational leaders, man, they carry a lot of responsibility and they really don't have time to, you know, <laughs> sit down and work on people's feelings and make sure that everybody's having like a super day. And I mean, they've got to get stuff done and you can't be upset when they're working their objectives. You, you have to realize that that is part of the role. And if you want to be your own boss, you're going to have to set clear objectives and then here comes another part or another way to say it. You're going to have to stay objective about those things you said you were going to do. So either way, whether it's someone else or whether it's you, you're going to have to have a plan. <laughs> either somebody else's plan is going to be given to you or you're going to have to make your own plan. But you have to stay objective and you have to get results. All right, that kind of leads into the third piece, which is the S, solutions, solution-minded. A lot of people say, man, I can't wait. I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to you know, do my own thing. That's great. I have learned it is very easy to see what's wrong in a number two role. When you are the driver, you cannot just come up with observations. You have to come up with solutions. When you are driving. You cannot stop. You cannot stall. You cannot pull over. You can't, you won't get anywhere. You'll actually become a hazard to the people on the road or the people that you're driving. If you do not know how to drive confidently, competently, and you can't just always be pointing out what's wrong. You can't just always be talking about what's not cool and what's not good and what's not working. And you're going to have to literally come back to reality and you're going to have to generate solutions and you have to make decisions that are worth repeating. And this is easier said than done. In fact, a lot of people, they try to be their own boss and they get like B and they're like, yeah, I'll be brave. I'll be brave. I'll step up. I'll be the leader. I'll like lead from my name and not just my title. I'm going to have character. I'm going to have convictions. I'm going to step up. And then, and they're kind of getting into that. And then, boom, it's time to get objective. And they're trying to actually do the work now. And they're trying to get results. But then by the time they get to S, it's like they run out of ideas. They get kind of like weary of decision fatigue. And it's fun for like a week. And then you're still trying to grow through the grind. And it's like year one and you've run out of solutions. 
So a boss is that decision maker, that ideator who is just like breathing. You know, they just come. It just comes with it. They just are always filling up the day with solutions. Filling up the day with solutions. Something pops up. You got to be the person who fixes it. You got a fire. You got to figure out how to put the fire out or how to channel the fire and make it, you know, do something good. Solution minded people can boss up. I like this idea of filling up the day with solutions because it takes a lot to make so many decisions over and over and over again. And they just come and at you from all different angles, all different sides. And that can get very wearisome. And you may, you know, you may have like one or two really cool ideas, but does it scale? Do all of your ideas scale? It's not just about having one or two really good ideas. It's about having the mindset and the skill set that I mentioned before to actually fill up the day, fill up the week, fill up the year with solutions. And one of the things that I've been thinking through and kind of thinking about is, you know, a boss can either become critical or creative. You can look at the same facts. You can look at the same situation. You can look at all of the same metrics and you can look at it with a critical attitude and start like breaking it down and, and beating it up. Or you can look at the same facts and try to be creative about it and say, what does this make possible? What are the options? What are the outcomes? How am I going to leverage this to 5x, 10x where we are? And filling up the day with solutions is one of the signature strengths of a great boss. Do you know how to boss up? Do you know how to fill your day with solutions? This has a lot to do with mindset, absolutely. But it's not just mindset. This is also about skill sets. Because if you have a limited skill set, you're not going to have as many solutions to offer. But if you have a larger range or a larger spectrum of skills, then when you approach a challenge, you approach opposition or an obstacle. You say, hey, I have more to work with. Therefore, I have a higher chance of getting a better solution, a more custom fit solution. There's a quote I like. It says, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So in other words, if you're like the hammerhead, <laughs> everything you go at is just a nail that needs to get pounded. You know, someone comes to you with a question, boom, that's a nail, boom, pound it. And then someone else comes to you with an update and you say, what? No, that's another nail. And you pound that. But the truth is they were probably two different scenarios that needed two different approaches. But to you, it was all just hammers and nails. And so you're just going to pound and pound and pound everywhere you go. But what if you could develop, grow, diversify? What if you could expand your capacity, your skill sets, so you're beginning to think not only like a generalist, but you're thinking also like a specialist, and you're bringing better solutions to each situation. And you really can't do that with just positivity or just good mindset. You have to have that, but you have to reinforce it 
you know, the soft skills with the hard skills, having a skill set that can enlarge your range of solutions. And so this is a big key. Are you filling up your day with solutions and doing it in like a serial fashion? Are you able to show up and, and bring solutions again and again and again? Man, I've talked a lot about that. I feel like that uh, needs to be emphasized a lot today. All right, the last one. I can't say I have a favorite, but if I did, this might be it. A great boss knows how to strategize through the stress in order to keep growing. The, the whole point of bossing up, leading yourself well, leading by example, is that you're going to grow. You're going to scale. You're going to improve. And what happens is just by the nature of that kind of work, you level up, and then on that next level, you have new challenges. You have new stressors. You have new stages that you have to decode and work through. If you don't know how to deal with those different levels of stress, or, or another way would be growing pains, if you don't know how to work through or scale through those growing pains quickly, you could actually get taken out of the game for a long time. I'm going to kind of tell on myself, but I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to give an example here. I enjoy working out. I'll be honest, I'm not as good as I want to be with working out. I can definitely be more confident, more competent, but but I enjoy it and I have a value for it. And so I'm I'm enjoying the journey there. But, you know, sometimes my wife's here joy. She wants to get creative and she says, let's try something new. Let's do a different workout. Let's, let's work out a different part <laughs> of our body or let's work in a different place or in a different way. And, and I kind of get a little reluctant about that. I do like the routine, but I'm also a bit hesitant of, of the consequences of trying something new. And so I work out a new part of my body and then I'm actually pretty sore and, uh, from that. And I've like, I've discovered muscles that I didn't know existed because they are hurting. They are in pain. They're yelling at me. They're saying, Peter, why why did you do this to us? And, and that's okay. That's a part of life, and you have to push through that, and that's just part of the mindset. But there were times where I would just like tap out for like a week and just stop working out because I would keep saying, well, I have to recover. I have to recover. I'm just recovering. I, I felt pain. And I have to work through it. But the truth is, if you are stopping or stalling every time you feel pain and you don't know how to recover quickly, you're not going to scale. You're not going to accelerate. You're not going to see the growth, the transformation, the progress that you're you know, showing up for. You have to get strategic about growth and realize that the very nature of forward progress comes with this game of strategically wargaming. How are you going to move from step to step, stage to stage, level to level, and how are you going to do it in a strategic way so you don't get stopped or stalled along the way? Are you being strategic about your personal growth? Are you identifying the stressors quickly are you figuring out how to power through them, how to grow through them, how to continue? And if you don't think strategically, you're not future 
focused. Okay. You're not thinking about the future. You're just kind of parked in the moment and you're just thinking that it's going to get over with when really it could take a lot of time because you're not taking ownership of that moment. So get strategic about growing through the stress. And I'm just convinced that every stress or every stressor needs a strategy. Every stressor needs a strategy. Man, if if you have a lot of emotional anxiety, a lot of fear and a lot of worry and a lot of tension, you need a strategy for that. Like, do you have an intentional strategy to say, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I can get through this. I am going to outgrow this and I'm going to bear fruit that remains through this. So here's my strategy. And that wisdom doesn't come from us. That wisdom comes when we're seeking the Lord and, and we're asking for help and we're reaching out to others. But you can get wisdom strategies to move through the stressors so you can keep leading. And it's so incredibly important because people cannot afford to wait on leaders that are just on the sideline, just suffering, and they don't know how to recover effectively. I hope this makes sense. I hope you're hearing the motive behind it. Get strategic about your growth. Get strategic about the growth and the challenges that would keep you from growing more. Uh, get a strategy for any financial stressors. You know, you got these financial stressors and they could basically uh, paralyze you, handicap you. Do you have a strategy for those financial stressors? Do you have a strategy for the logistical stressors? Do you have a strategy for the relational stressors? You know, over and over again, just identify what is keeping you from growing, what is trying to take you out, and you need to outgrow it with a strategic approach. All right, so that is the test. That's the boss test. This is going to help you boss up. Are you willing to be brave? Are you willing to stay objective when it comes to results? Can you fill up the day with solutions? Are you thinking strategically about growing through different steps and stages? Now, I want to flip all of that. Take that whole list and I want to invert it. And I want to use this to describe a bad boss. And I'm not talking about them out there. I'm talking about us right here. We have to own this. We have to look in the mirror. We have to look at ourselves because we're the ones that are trying to boss up. We're the ones, you know, you can actually have a boss and, act, and still be a boss. In fact, you'd probably have a better relationship with your boss if you did boss up. So here's, here's the opposite. Instead of being brave, a bad boss blames others. They're not being brave. They're not stepping out. They're not, they're not stepping up. They're not leading relationally. They're just blaming other people. They're deflecting. They're projecting. They're, they're just like gaslighting everybody all the time. That's not, that's not what a good boss does. A, a good boss is brave and doesn't blame other people. Now, let me ask you sincerely. I'm not, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I want to empower you. Be honest, have you been blaming other people? Do you blame, do you play the blame game? Because it can be fun. I mean, you can, you can get so many points playing the blame game. It's so fun to score points 
you know, and to dodge responsibility and to dodge accountability, right? And to justify and to give excuses. So don't be someone who blames. Be brave. A leader is objective. They know what the objectives are. They know how to stay objective about the results. They are focused on mission-critical things. They do not tolerate the workplace drama. They don't, they don't put up with that mess. They stay objective about the work. They use their work time to get work done, and they enjoy their family time with their family, with their friends. Why? Because they're objective about it. They're not letting life and work and stuff just kind of all bleed together, and they don't really have clear lines and clear boundaries. They know how to stay objective. Now, bad boss owns nothing. They're not objective. They don't know the objectives. They don't want to know the objectives. They just want to be told what to do. And they just kind of show up and they just kind of go with the flow. And they use that as a coping mechanism. They use that as a coping mechanism. They own nothing. A bad boss owns nothing. They're not thinking like an owner. They don't want to be an owner. They just want to show up instead of setting their own objectives and working that plan until success. Okay. A great boss is going to have solutions. Well, a bad boss is going to surrender opportunities. They're not coming up with solutions. They're just surrendering. We're not doing that. And they just downplay, downplay, downplay. They don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't surrender opportunities when things get tough. Don't, don't surrender when other people are backing out, bailing out. You need to hold your ground, hold that line, and you need to be solution-minded. And then a bad boss or a good boss is strategic, and a bad boss stalls growth. And that's, that's one of the hardest lessons that I've learned. One of the best pieces of advice I could give to you. Do not stall growth. Do not let stress keep you where you are. Do not reduce your life to the confines of what is comfortable today. You have to press through. You have to grow through it. And in order to do that, you have to get a strategy for your stressors. So don't stall growth for you personally. Don't stall growth for the team either. You got to get strategic. How are we going to keep growing? You want to be a boss, right? I encourage you, be brave enough to lead, stay objective, generate a lot of solutions, and then strategize through the stress in order to grow. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to watch the video version of this episode, head over to my YouTube channel. The link will be in the description of this show. And don't forget to check out my course at pioneertheyear.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. Stay awesome.